Welcome to the Artichoke Heart Podcast, peeling back the layers to get to the heart of what really matters with your hosts, Maggie Butterfield, Ruth Harris, and Gretchen Peters. We're so glad you're here. Welcome to the Artichoke Heart. Today we will be peeling back the layers as we talk about foster care and adoption and trauma and all of that stuff. Um, I am your host, Gretchen Peters, and today I am meeting with Alicia Haas. This is our second time getting to chat. Um, Last time we talked about uh, your own childhood in foster care and adoption. Um, Welcome, Alicia. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So glad you're here and sharing um, because you are such a great advocate in talking about children and your journey. But so today we're going to dive in a little bit to what got you and your husband involved in foster care? Sure. Um, when Matt and I met, my husband's name is Matt, when when we met, we had talked about um, wanting to adopt. Um, I was adopted out of foster care. He was a private adoption at birth. Um, and so we knew that we wanted to adopt, um, but we did want to try to have biological children, um, something that was you know, of us. Mm-hmm. Um, it was kind of our thought process while we were dating. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when we got married, um, he was diagnosed with testicular cancer. Okay. And so we were told that we were not going to be able to have biological children. Um, and so just through a series of lots of appointments, lots of sadness, um, a little confusion. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we we realized that we were not going to be able to have biological children. And so at that point, you know, I had a heart for foster care. Um, and um, he he was on reserve. Um, he had a lot of fears, a lot of, you know, common fears that I hear all the time. Um, you know, worries that I'm going to get attached to a kiddo and they're going to move them. They're mm-hmm. going to, we're going to lose them. Um, and I'll tell you that is a journey um, that God just kind of took us on um, in realizing that that's exactly what kids need. Mm-hmm. Um, they need to, in those vital years, be attached to someone. Um, and um, I stopped talking about foster care. He really was kind of opposed to it. Um, we got married in 2009 um, and talked about it for a while. And then we stopped talking about it for about a year. And then um, he came home from work. And this is just a really uh, fun way that God works. Uh, he came home from work one day and had a really great idea that we should try foster care. Um <laughs> So he had talked someone at work, a divine appointment, I would say someone at work had talked with him about foster care. And um, I just thought that was a really great idea that he came up with all on his own. Um, I've heard that story with other things. Yeah. And kind of gives you a little bit of the thought, too, sometimes as a wife, um, you can sometimes become a nag and (laughs) not trust God enough that he can direct it's true. The past. So, I, yeah, I have found that praying about it yeah. instead of being constantly at your spouse, really, right. then God gets to set it up. It's hard not to want to be the Holy Spirit to your <laughs> husband. <laughs> um, but, yes, God, uh, you know, if God has it for you, he's going to put you both on the same page. Mm-hmm. Um, and and um, 
we learned that we got to learn that through just a really cool experience. And so um, I had known about an agency who I drove by every day on my way to the office um, who posted on their sign that they had informational meetings. It was like the first or second Tuesday of every month. And so when he came home, I said, great, they have an information meeting, you know, let's put it on the calendar. And so we did. And we went to the very next one that they had and we got to learn, you know, about foster care and even more specifically, we were with, um, we had happened to have a meeting at one of the only agencies that provided care for therapeutic level kiddos um, who had behavioral needs. Um, typically you're gonna see teenagers at that level. Um, and so we got to learn about that as well. So that so, was really interesting. I mean, with you not having been able to have children, were you hoping originally to get a baby? What, what were your thoughts there? We were very young. Um, this was in 2000, uh, end of 2011, 2012, that we went through the process of the STARS training and, and getting licensed to foster. Um, and so we did. We, on our, um, on our license, we asked for zero to five years old. Mm -hmm. um, and we felt like we had a heart for teenagers. And our heart for teenager really came from um, just my childhood and having, you know, being in foster care and having older siblings that were in foster care. Mm -hmm. that never did find a family um, to adopt them, um, gave us a heart for teenagers. But because we were so young, we thought, how awkward would it be for a teenager to come and have a 23-year-old, you know, mm -hmm. foster mom? <laughs> and so we thought, let's start with zero to five. We went ahead and got licensed for therapeutic, mm -hmm. knowing that that would maybe you know, mean an older child. Mm -hmm. um, younger kids can be therapeutic level. Um, typically it's older, um, but we we went ahead and got licensed so we could provide respite and things like that. Um, but we ultimately asked for zero to five. And something that I like to share with families as we'll kind of go forward is you have a plan, you know, mm -hmm. that fits in a box and God just blows the box wide open, <laughs> so. Wow. Okay, so so you did all the training that took several weeks, right? Mm -hmm. And so during that whole time, you're just planning and preparing. And we are, yeah, we're you know, we're planning for any age, um, but specifically for those younger ages. Mm -hmm. So you know, we're doing all the things. We're getting a crib, a, you know, a toddler mm -hmm. bed. Um, you know, we're collecting things. We're collecting toys. We're just preparing. Um, and it was a long process. Um, you know, you go through 12 weeks of training and you have a, a licensing worker that comes to your home and helps to make sure your home is a safe environment for kiddos and, um, and things like that. And so when you get the first call from your social worker um, for a placement, what did they say to you? Um, so we had also started a business right at the same time that we got licensed. And so we waited for six months to get put on the call list. Mm -hmm. Um, and so February of 2012, we were ready to be put on the call list. And so we did get several calls. Um, um, I was working full time and so I missed some calls. Mm -hmm. And by the time I called back, those kiddos had been placed and I began to feel very anxious. Um, and just, you know, as a young girl, a young lady, you know, desiring mm -hmm. a child um, and and being so excited about this journey. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, I began to get discouraged after a few calls of missing mm -hmm. kiddos who had already found placements and that kind of thing and just learning to trust to, 
you know, on God. Um, my husband was more of the logical one, whereas I wanted to take in, you know, we had the flu and I was like, yes, we'll take a sibling group of four. <laughs> and he was like, wait up. Like, why don't we wait? Yeah. Um, and I just, you know, remember in the moment feeling like we're missing our kid, mm-hmm. you know, we're missing, we're missing out. Um, but then just to learn that God just so specifically had a kiddo, you know, that was ready for us. That was, picked for Mm -hmm. to be in our home um and how god just orchestrates that and so um towards the end of february we got a call for a two-year-old little girl who was had already been in foster care um but was needing a new a Mm -hmm. new um family um to care for her and um we were able to prepare for her for a couple of days before she transitioned to our home um and so just trusting that god was in all of those Mm -hmm. details um, she hadn't been sleeping through the night in her home. Um, she was having a lot of night terrors and, um, being able to specifically design, um, I, I started making her bedding specific for her. Um, I made a body pillow that was weighted, um, that could be, you know, warmed up. So she, you know, cause it's foster kiddos, mm-hmm. they can't sleep with you even though they're little. Um, and so we were able to just prepare so specifically for her, which we're so blessed mm-hmm. to have been able to do. Um, and then she, I remember it was a Thursday evening that she came to live with us. Um, and she slept in her bed all night um uninterrupted um and so that was kind of our first experience with our first kiddo wow and how long did you have her so she still lives in our okay. home <laughs> we were able to adopt her she just turned 11 a couple of weeks ago um and she um she's been such a blessing to us that's amazing i mean that's really cool so that was your very first one that, that you was got. our very first placement so. little girl and she was our only placement for about a year okay. um and then we started to pursue her oldest brother who had been in several different homes and ended up in a boys group home um and we were able to pursue family therapy with him in the hopes of bringing him home, mm-hmm. which ultimately we were able to. He was 13 years old and we also adopted him. Um, he's 21 now. Um, so, so, so did you decide to pursue that because of your older siblings that had been in foster care? Did you think, oh, I really, because that was a big leap. I that mean, was a big leap. Is one thing a 13 year old, you're, you're dealing with some different stuff. Remember when I said that we have, we put our plan in a tiny mm-hmm. box and God closed it wide open. Mm-hmm. Um, he had already been preparing us for the licensing that we would need to be able to take this kiddo in for the education that we would need. And we didn't even know, wow. you know, and so God's just in the details. Um, and it doesn't mean that the journey isn't hard mm-hmm. and that it isn't sad at times, but he's preparing you know, mm-hmm. he's designed everyone for such a specific purpose and he is just preparing, yeah. you know, the journey. Um, and so, yes, we, um, we opened that door and I think, I think because he was her older sibling and was needing a place, mm-hmm. um, and we were able to provide that for him. Um, and then right at the same time, um, biological mom had another baby that we were able to take in as well, um, and adopt so that was kind of our first um year and a half yeah phone call i'm sure when you got that that, oh wait there's another one coming yes so so now you did get to then experience getting a little baby we did we called him our bonus baby we just really felt like that was god's gift to us to be able to experience 
um, just experience the baby, mm-hmm. you know, season that yes. we didn't think we were going to get because we were told we weren't able to have kiddos. Um, we weren't able to biologically have mm-hmm. our own kiddos. And so um, we just thought that was such a blessing. Um, and we were just completely um, just blessed by him and, um, you know, just loved having baby in the home and he is seven now. So, um, yeah. And so, so how, what kinds of experiences or trauma, how, how was it like to have a teenager? What, what were the things that you had to kind of navigate there? Sure. Um, we had, um, just navigating through communication. I mean, there's just a different way in parenting uh, teenagers that um, being able to be open Mm -hmm. with each other, being able to develop a trusting relationship uh, where they feel like they can talk with you. Um, And, uh, you know, one thing I always have told our older boys is, you know, the first thing they do is memorize my phone number, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, because, you know, you don't want to be in a situation where they feel like they can't call you mm-hmm. um, in whatever they might, whatever shenanigans they might mm-hmm. get into or situations that they um, they may feel unsafe in that they can always call, mm-hmm. you know, mom or dad, you know. Um, so, so yeah, just navigating through, through teenage, he was 13 years old, um, you know, for the first, I think, week, he just played Xbox <laughs> coming out of a group home. He didn't have that opportunity. And so just being able to, um, you know, have a kiddo who made decisions and um, had a mind of their own um, in fluid thinking and navigating through all of that. And then all of the emotions of being in foster care. Yeah. And um, was was he pretty accepting of you or did he test the boundaries a lot? He had his moments. He was excited to be with the family. Um, He, um, we were young. And so I thought, I think he thought that we were cool, Mm -hmm. you know, and we of course tried to create, you know, experiences for him. Um, And so we, think the transition went really well. He was coming from a group home. We had done family therapy and lots of visits. We'd bring him home on weekends and holidays. Um, and I think just to be plugged into a family again, um, just really was a relief mm-hmm. to him. Um, and so I, I do remember we had done respite for a couple of teenagers, um, when our, when our daughter was three mm-hmm. and she was our only placement at the time. She was, yeah. And, and, uh, the boys got home or got to our house and, um, two teenage boys, 16 and 17 years old. And I remember sitting at the dinner table with them on one of the nights that they were having dinner with us. And they, they asked me if I was going to adopt our daughter. And I said, well, you know, I really hope to be able to. And he said, and the 17 year old said, that is so cool. Um, and had mentioned how, because I'm a teenager, I'll probably never get adopted. Um, and just the, the weight that that is on mm-hmm. kiddos, just yeah. wanting to be accepted somewhere. Yeah. So he was like happy for her, but still he kind was, of in his head thinking, he was like, man, that was yeah, that's yeah. wonderful. Uh, so, okay. So there's three kiddos. Yes. Were you done? Well, we really learned to say that we're, to never say that we're done.
because like I said, God just blows the box wide open. So, um, so about six months later, we took in a 17 year old boy who was transitioning from a different home. And so we had this picture of, you know, obviously we're young, we're going to take in younger kids. Mm -hmm. When we get a little older, we'll be prepared for teenagers. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and also I had always worked with females and um, with women and young girls. And so I just always thought, you know, through my experience um, and my desires for helping girls um, through hard situations that I would have a house full of girls mm-hmm. and um, God had a different journey. And it was something that we didn't even realize, but a need for kids coming out of foster care, transitioning a natural transition coming out of high school um, transitioning through you know, navigating through their senior year mm-hmm. and independent living beyond that. Um, and he brought us five boys that were very close to transitioning, you know, into their senior year and into independent living. And it opened our eyes to such a need. Um, so many emotions, um, so many um just, you know, kids that go, if you've ever, you know, if anybody's ever experienced a kiddo going through um, their senior year and kind of the fear of transitioning into adulthood, but a kiddo who has a secure family that knows I'm going to go out here and I'm going to try my best at being an adult, but I have mom and dad to fall back on. Mm-hmm. And kiddos that are in foster care who, who may have contact with biological family, Um, But traditionally, when they transition, their foster family doesn't always follow them. Mm -hmm. Um, And so just kind of like, well, I'm going to go out into adulthood, not having confidence in themselves, having trauma as well, um, and not knowing that if I mess up, who am I going to fall on? Like, who can I call? Who can I lean on? Who's going to come rescue me when my tire is flat? Simple things like that, Mm -hmm. you know, let alone the big things. Um, that God just opened our eyes to such a need um, for that just by simply putting it straight into our home. Um, and so... Uh, but, but you still had to go about saying yes each time. Yeah. So, so what do you think you just, every time did it just tug on you? You're like, I know we could be there for them. What? Yeah. Um, yes. <laughs> we. I just feel like it was God. Yeah. I mean, it, it's just not... God has given us just the desire to serve mm-hmm. other people. And how do you say no yeah. to, to someone who needs something that you can offer? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think it was God every time mm-hmm. um, filling us with the boldness to be able to say yes, usually without hesitation. Yeah. Um, our kids all came to us in desperate situations mm-hmm. um, and you know, I remember our one of our older boys came home and said, came home from college for Christmas break. Mm-hmm. And he said, Mom, do you guys think you're done? And we had had, you know, six kiddos at that point. Um, and I, you know, I said, well, I feel like we're complete. But I've learned to, you know, say, mm-hmm. to never say we're done, mm-hmm. you know, every time I do. Um and two days later on Christmas Eve, we had a kiddo show up on our doorstep with all of their stuff, wow. needing a home, who was a sibling to another one of our kiddos. Um, and so we just learned, you know, to just kind of follow God and, and what he has. And there were times where we felt where things were very hard mm-hmm. and we thought, 
did we take on too much? Mm-hmm. Are we being egotistical? Mm-hmm. Are we saying yes because of us? Or are we saying yes because this is from God? And, you know, I would, I've had, you know, friends that have said, maybe you've taken on too much. Maybe you're, maybe this is too much. Maybe you need to draw back. Mm-hmm. And I, I never felt convicted by that. I just a little bit felt hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I remember it was a season, there was a summer where we took in two kiddos who were very challenging um, and a lot of tears. And I remember realizing that I had to surrender it to God and that it wasn't through my strength, mm-hmm. um, which is always something that I'm learning. Yes. <laughs> it's not through my strength that these kids are going to make it. Mm-hmm. It's not through just my ability to structure the things and organize the things and run them to the appointments and love them to the end of the mm-hmm. earth, but it has to be of God. And um, I remember it was a summer of just surrendering to ugly crying to God mm-hmm. to intervene in the lives of our kids um, and to help them in such a way. And we saw God show up that summer in such an incredible way for both of those boys um, that it was never something that I could have done on my own or that Matt or I could have done together. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was a season of having to surrender the journey to God, you know, mm-hmm. back to God, because it was his yes. journey all along. And, yes. um, you know, and so, um, yeah. Well, I'm sure you had to rely on God so much because there, there had to have been a lot of stress with getting kids to all their appointments. And, <laughs> yes. and, and the older ones na- navigating the things like them getting jobs and all that stuff. And then you've got little ones at the same time. We did a lot of meal picnic meals. Mm-hmm. We would pack picnic meals. The little kids would go with me to the big kids appointment. Mm-hmm. God, um, God orchestrated, you know, relationships for us with a therapist who's been with us from the get go. Who we used to go to the office for four hours. Mm-hmm. I would pack a meal. Everybody would go in one at a time. Six appointments. Wow. <laughs> you know, back to back. And. Yes, it was a lot. And then just God opened the door for finding therapists that could come into the home Mm. and serve us right where we were um, and be able to still do all of the things that need to be done with also having appointments. And so God, God just cares about the details, you know, and, and that's always been such a blessing to us. That's so good. So, so you had a therapist who has come alongside, have you had anyone else kind of come alongside you guys to help? Oh, absolutely. God is always putting friends and families, Mm -hmm. you know, in our path. And that's one thing that they talk about in the STARS training is, you know, figuring out who your support system is Mm -hmm. and what that looks like. Um, You know, people from church, people from the neighborhood and through our, um, 10 years of being mm-hmm. parents, we have, um, people have come and gone and people have stayed with us through the whole thing. Um, God has, God orchestrates the relationships for exactly what we need when we need it. Um, and it doesn't mean that they'll be with us forever. Cause we all know relationships transition, mm-hmm. people move on in life and that's okay. Um, but God gives us exactly what we need for when we need it. And so having friends that come alongside of us when a kiddo is having a hard time coming to pick up our other kiddos. Mm-hmm. Um, so that way they can go to a safe environment while we're helping a kiddo deal with the hard stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, orchestrating relationships, uh, for simple things that we're going through, connecting us with families who are going through similar things, mm-hmm. even as simple as with having kiddos from hard places and 
sometimes you feel like this is a problem unique to them. And then you talk to other parents and their biological children. It's a developmental mm-hmm. thing and you can brainstorm together. Um, you know, in those simple conversations at the park mm-hmm. with other moms where you realize my kid's not that different, yeah. um, you know, linking us up with professionals that can support our kids, teachers at school mm-hmm. that are equipped in such a way to be such a blessing to your kid, um, to go above and beyond, like God orchestrates all of that. And it doesn't mean that you're not going to experience some turds along the way, <laughs> Um, because you will, um, but it's just an opportunity to to educate other people, yeah. you know, who maybe don't understand your situation or don't understand why, you know, your kid might be acting a certain way, um, or maybe don't understand why your baby is brown and and you're not so brown. <laughs> um, uh, that you can just educate people and anyway, just share, you know, something that's very real. And as you're talking, I'm like, I have a bunch more topics that we can talk about. <laughs> um, okay. We're, we're getting towards the end of needing to wrap this up. So yeah. I just want to kind of conclude with um, one last little bit, which is, so how many kids did you end up yeah. having? So we have eight kiddos that have come to us through the foster care system. Mm-hmm. Seven, actually. Our eighth um, didn't come to us through foster care, but um, but we were able to gain guardianship of him um, when he was 16 mm-hmm. and help him transition into independent living when he was older. Um, and God blessed us with some biological kiddos. What? So, <laughs> yeah, we were very surprised to find out after eight kids and eight years that we were pregnant. And so wow. we gave birth to um, a little girl. She's three now, and she is going to change the whole world. Um, she's a smart little thing. She's, yes, <laughs> very. she's very sassy. Um <laughs> And she bosses us all around. Um, and we have to remind her sometimes that she's not the boss. <laughs> um, and uh, also another little boy. We were able, we <laughs> we found out we were pregnant. He's just turned a year old. Um, but when we found out we were pregnant, my husband and I, we just laughed because <laughs> we didn't know what else to do. We were blown away. Um, so we have um, eight kiddos out of foster care, four mm-hmm. that are adopted, one that we had guardianship of and two biological babies. Love it. Your story is amazing. <laughs> I definitely love getting to talk with you, Alicia. I so appreciate you sharing with us. And we will probably have you come back sometime too, because I just do feel like there's a bunch more that we could have talked about. <laughs> well, I enjoy being here. Thank you so much, Gretchen. Yes, thank you. And we just hope that everyone has a great week and that you subscribe to our podcast so that you can not miss any episodes. And we'll talk to you later. Bye.